0: Looked at last week on the first chapter of Peter, in the first book of Peter, chapter 1, verse 1, word 1, Peter, they are posted. And, uh, and today uh, I was meditating on, I mean, I ended up in Peter because I was meditating on this verse, and then I read the whole book of Peter, and then I ro- realized it is such a um, lot of putting so much things in my heart, and then. I said, okay, let's break it down into small when I cannot, I cannot do more than that. So, the next is the, the first, uh, last week we went through Peter and Apostle of Jesus Christ. I think I've sent both uh, of us, the, uh, both of us all uh, on the message uh, in audio format and text. So, this is the next portion. To those who are electric siles in the dispersion in Pontius, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and, Bindia, uh, Bithynia, Bithynia. And, um, and uh Bhutnia, Bhutnia, and and just I'll show you a map. To uh, uh, one second, I'll just take a map. Here we go. Share entire screen or Here, do you guys see the map? Yes or no? Say yes. Yes. Yeah, okay, good. Thank you. So now uh, the reason why this map is important is this is where So the down bottom down in purple is um, is Israel, and then all the way up is uh, the modern day Syria, Kuwait is somewhere down there, and when you come up here, this is the modern day Turkey. So you have Cappadocia, Pontius, Bintia, Asia and Galatia. And these all places are not typical Jewish places. They are not typical um, Israeli towns. There's nothing that is in this. So and one of the reasons one of the reasons why I believe the Lord wants to, to tell us is he wants us to know two things. He wants and Peter Love English tells these two wonderful words to us. The first word is elect. Second word is exiles. To those who are elect, exiles. If you're reading from NIV, it'll be the chosen exiles. Um, in KJV, in in KJV, and all other uh, NSV, you would find the word throne in the end. But um, this is basically what it is. So who is Peter? We looked at last. week, Peter um is an emis- uh, emissary, an ambassador. Of this new kingdom that Christ has started, and Peter is writing to the people of the kingdom, and he's sending this letter to those um, around the world. Um, a quick uh, understanding of what, like, how this ambassador works is in you know the Indian embassy in Germany is not in in not in Germany. The entire building and the people inside all do not have to follow German laws. They only have to follow Indian laws because. That piece of land is given sovereignly to India and whatever happens in it is Indians if someone ha a crime happens in it the Indian ca- Indian uh, ambassador decides the German police can come in only then the German police are invited to arrest someone in but if something happens in the ambassador says no no one is allowed in no one is allowed in and that is called the sovereignty of a land and and why I told you this is there's an authority in in how Peter is sending this letter and he wants to tell us that he is that ambassador writing to us what our king wants us to know. So he writes in the first part to the elect exiles and this is what we're going to go. Um, so um, quick background. Um, many people um, have commented, I've read commentaries where they're saying this is actually Jewish people who became Christians um, Some, because there are some portions later that indicate really Jewish theology into it like you know like they bring about Abraham and Noah into this whole thing so people think oh you know because of those it could be Jewish some people say no he's writing to people who are in Pontius Galatia they're not Israeli people they are Jew- Gentiles who became Christians some people say maybe it's Gentile and Jewish Christians mixed together or some Jewish Christians who became Gentiles or Gentiles who became Jews who became Christians but um, in the sum of it one thing is clear Peter is writing to Christians people who follow Jesus Christ and and let me assure you that only people who love Jesus Will enter the kingdom the reason is he is there in the kingdom he is the king of the kingdom he is the God and you will not want to stand in front of Jesus if you don't love him and that is the final statement there so whoever Peter is writing to they are Christians and they like us are living in a world that is not their own so uh, there are also commentaries that say Peter is writing to people who became citizens of Rome and they are living in these places but even still Peter calls them an exile and we are going to look at these two words and I think that is very really important that we take a bit of time to look into these words so that we have a deeper understanding what our calling is. Um, so first one elect. The elect. The word comes uh, means the uh, in German and Greek it's called "electos." It's um it means chosen or favorite, and in Romans eight, there's this beautiful way how God calls, and Romans nine tells it, and you can read all of that. And I would love to go to Romans eight and Romans nine, but not today. And uh, but um, this is where. And why Peter is calling us the elected or chosen ones. There's a pastor named A.W. Tozer. He says, What comes into our mind when we think about God is the most important thing to us. We better be sure we are thinking rightly about God because that determines on how we live. You know what he meant? Like, If we think God as something uh, far away, then the way we live our life Will be based on that. If we believe, if we believe God is someone who is very near and personal, and we are directly answerable to Him, then we we'll live our life in a different way. So, this is the first step. Peter says, "You are chosen." And uh, many people ask, "But uh, how can God choose us and leave the rest?" Brothers, that's not the case. I mean, this is not the case. God is calling us. God is saving us by his actions and by his mercies alone. If you ask, is there someone worthy to be saved? We would say, no, no one is worthy to be saved. Can I say I should be saved? No. The Bible says no one is righteous. That means no one can attain good things. So does, does then God have to save anyone? No, God does not have to save anyone because no one is worthy to be saved. Let's come back to the story of Adam and Eve. The Adam and Eve, they lived in a wonderful garden and they were kicked out because of their sin. And then, um, then what happens? Then, But then God does not stop there. God says to them before they kicked out, Hey, I'm sending you a promise. There will be someone who will bring you back. After Adam and Eve, we come to Cain and Abel. And then again God gives Adam and Eve a promise saying, there will be a saviour from, coming from your son Seth. Okay. Then after that again we come to Noah. And then we come to Abraham. And then we come to the patriarchs, Isaac and Jacob. And, and all of this way God is constantly telling a promise that he will make a way. This is a promise God gave to Abraham. I will be a God and your descendants, God after you if they promise to live with me. In Exodus 19.6, God says to them, Hey guys, you are going to enter a new land that is going to be a kingdom where I will be king and you will be a nation of priestly kings. That means you will be kings in the land you will rule on my behalf but you will also be priest. But But the people said, no, we don't want that. But the calling had never changed. God wants us to realize his calling is he's calling us not because of our own merit but because he wants to and this is something we have to listen to so let's take Genesis 6 8 why I'm just going through the small section because I want us to understand this tiny tiny portion of God calling us and God electing us or God selecting us and it is you know many people say this is um theology and we don't want to know the theology we just want to know god loves us no this theology does matter because only when we know that we would be able to live a life and only when we accept this we'll be able to live a life in the way that glorifies god so genesis chapter 6 verse 8 or 7 like let's read from 5. 6 verse 5. The Lord saw the wickedness of man was great in the earth and every intention and the thought of his heart was only evil continually. That means what? There is no good thought in the hearts of men. And God regretted that he had made man on earth and he grieved his heart. So the Lord said I will blot out man who have created in the face of the land and the animals and all creeping things of the heavens and earth for I am sorry that I made them. But Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. That's the same word. That's the same word. But Noah was chosen by God. Why was Noah chosen? Did it say that Noah was a good man? Yeah, the verse 9 says Noah was a righteous man, blameless in his generation. Noah worked with God. But before that it says Noah was already chosen by God. Why? It is God's action. God was leaning forward. You know, let's go back to Adam and Eve who clothed Adam and Eve God did who showed them mercy by promising them and they did disobeyed him God did why because God is a God of love and God is a God of mercy and and that that is that is the key of the gospel and people say but what if someone loves Jesus and God has not called him no. Anyone who loves Jesus will have Jesus. The problem is not they loving Jesus and not getting him. But the problem is they even wanting to love Jesus. That is the state of the human heart. We have all fallen away and we have not wanted God. There is a story of Charles Spurgeon. Charles Spurgeon was a preacher. And he's called the Prince of Preachers, an amazing preacher. He said one day he was th- in a church. He was just somehow caught up in middle thinking on his own thoughts. Like, you know, how you're listening to me and suddenly you are already thinking some other thoughts. So he was thinking like that. And uh, Charles Spurgeon said, Hmm, how did I come to faith? How did God call me? Uh, oh, wait, my video is not on. I'm so sorry. Okay. Um, so he said, how did I come to faith? And um, he said, Hmm. I read the Bible and, but how did I end up reading the Bible? There are many people who read the Bible. And he said, Oh, uh, well, that's strange because that time I was not even interested in God, but something led me to reopen the Bible on that particular day and read the Bible. And Spurgeon says, you know, in that questioning, he came to realize it was God from the beginning leading him step by step, taking him every way, one after another, after another, drawing his heart to him. This, brothers and sisters, is what God's calling does to us. One thing, it takes all our pride away. We cannot be proud that we did something to get to God we cannot we did not want God God loved us who gets the glory God gets the glory now when we did not want God God still loved us who gets the glory God gets the glory so one it breaks down a pride second one it glorifies God it's such a simple thing and that matters because every now and then when we go through suffering When we go through long times of patience, when we are patient to a long extent and when we don't know what to pray for and we ask, Lord, do you love me? Do you care enough? Let this be our hope. He called you. He who called you is faithful to the end. When our life begins to fray at the edges and we are, we start at the bottom out and we are breathless. And doubt creeps in our hearts that we think that God doesn't love us. This wonderful news that God called you to love him. God chose you from among your relatives, among your friends, among the world, among everything to love him, to honor him. Opened your eyes, brought you to a place where you may taste him and find him sweet. That is his love on you. Brothers, we may look at God at times and say, oh Lord, you don't love me enough. You know, my job is not going fine. My or my life is not going fine. I'm struggling with sin. Brothers, the ability to bring that to God is his love. You know why? That shows that God has planned and promised and breakthrough and end to the suffering, a promise to be fulfilled, a place where he will sanctify glorify and make you perfect and holy you see and that is the promise that he has given you and that is the reason why you feel in your heart to come to God we often look at God's promises and say ah yeah God promised me I will get a better job I am not getting a better job but let me tell you the bigger promise is God's promise is that I will not let you die in hell. I will not let you be burned in the, in this fire for eternity. And that is why I love you and have chosen you from the people so that you may not be burnt. That is the love we hold on to. And this is a promise that we hold on when we have hard nights to sleep when we are eyes are filled with tears. we go down to bed and say lord where are you this is a promise where god wants us to come back and say this is god's sovereignty over my life he called me when no one wanted me he called me even though i did not want my life to be this is this great calling he has you doubt if he loves you he called you for a sitting at his table enjoying with him Feeling its warmth for eternity to come. That is his calling. If he did not call you, we would be in hell, first in the row to be burning. This is what election does. John 15, verse 9 says, You belong, if you belong to the world, the world will love you as its own. But you do not belong to the world because I have chosen you from the world. And that is why the world hates you. Who love? Does the world love you when you are in the world? Yes, it does. The world loves you. But who loves you more than the world loves you? Your Lord. And that is why your calling, the God's desire on you, is not just a desire that he wants to have people there for him is a desire he calls out of love this is the love that the father had for the son the love the son and the spirit had for the father that same love god shed for you on the cross see last week we saw through this peter is writing this did Peter see Christ at His glory? Yes, he went to the Transfiguration mountain and saw Christ standing there. He knew Christ was God. Did we see Peter? Peter see Christ at His weakest? He saw Peter. Uh, Jesus, Peter saw Jesus in Gethsemane, bleeding His blood, because of the tension and fear of being in this agony. Yet Jesus did it. Why? Because of Jesus' love for Peter. Jesus' love for you and me. Remember what happens when people choose. Look at the story of Jacob and Joseph. Jo- Jacob chose to love Joseph over everyone. What happened? He made him this beautiful coat. What happened after that? His brothers hated him. His people hated him. They threw him. They sold him. Brothers, that's the same thing that happens to us. When, you know, but there's a tiny change, a tiny bit of change. Whose coat are you wearing today? You're wearing the lamb's coat. Who was sold? The lamb was sold for 30 silver pieces. Who was betrayed and killed? The lamb was. Why? Because he wanted you to wear this colorful red coat. That is your election that is your calling it is such a precious calling that says I am NOT going to be sad because my God loves me I am NOT going to be discouraged despite what the world puts it because the Lord loves me Ephesians 1 3 to 6 says blessed be the Lord and father of Jesus Christ who blessed us with in Christ with every spiritual blessing he chose us before the foundation of the world Why? So that we be holy and blameless before him. He predestined our adoption. He adopted us even before we were even born. So that, for what? According to his purpose of will, so that we bring praise to his grace. So, when we hear about election, this is such a wonderful news for us. That is the same thing that makes us exiled just because Jesus said, If you are belonging to me, you do not belong to the world, and the world hates you. And that is why he's saying, You are elect exiles. Peter says that. Verse 1: one, one. To the elect exiles. What is an exile? Exile is a temporary resident, a refugee who has left, whose home is not here, a sojourner. Peter knew what election does, we are chosen by God to live, to work, to find him joyful and we feel often that we are not the special one here but the reason we don't feel we are not the special one in the world is because of God's deep calling for you and that makes us away from the world Uh, there's an English author and a philosopher and a Christian called C.S. Lewis and he says imagine there's a fish who always found it strange that the water around him was wet. Fishers don't feel water is wet. but If a fish found the water wet C.S. Lewis says it's because the fish is no longer meant to be living in the water. Maybe it's supposed to be it may be not a fish at all, maybe it's a land animal who just fell into the water only that will find it wet and, and what is that supposed to mean to us? we find nothing in the world comforting us nothing in the world becoming homely to us is because this is not a home yeah we can make it home, like how we have we have our house um, uh, is wonderful, like here we have a wonderful house and we try to make it as homely as possible. But you and I know that it's just like two teenagers writing Jack and Mary forever on sands and then the and the water comes on the beach, on on the sand on the beach, and the water comes the next day or even the night before they go to bed and is gone. And that is what the world does to us, you know, makes us say, This is a home, right everywhere, this is a home. But the Lord says, I have called you. And that makes your calling different from the world. The world is not our home. We are just sojourners, people traveling in this. And Peter is writing this wonderful letter to them. To people who were living away from this world. Give me one second. so you know what happened Um, when peter was writing this around the same time there's a huge huge fire in rome and the king was nero or they would even say caesar because caesar is also kaiser in deutsch which means king so after julius caesar every king became caesar so um so nero caesar was decided hey someone should be punished for the fire in rome who to punish Oh look, there are these Christians, they don't they are not Romans, they are not Jewish, they are not they are they don't have Roman liturgy, they they, they their Bible is in uh Bible or the letters that they or the, what they pray is in um uh Greek. They're uh they say that they don't they're not part of our culture, they're not part of the other cultures. Let's burn them all. And he had this wonderful burning festival for burn the Christians. And Paul Peter knows that and Peter is writing the same thing thing. Brothers, this is what happens because you are you are not belonging to the world. Do not be angry. Do not you will be oppressed. You would find yourself in hardship. Paul later in Second uh, Timothy, last chapter, he says about a person called Demas who loved the world that he decided he will go and live the way the world live the way of the world. He departed from them. The Bible says people who depart from us went away because they were not part of us. First John 2:19. Remember the words of the Lord. The world does not and cannot love you. Why? Because you have given your heart for the Lord. You are called by God. It is it is His that you are. You belong to Him. That is why Peter starts this wonderful letter with two words. Elect exiles. First word he used was elect. To tell you that brothers you are loved by God. That He chose you before the foundation of the world. And that is why we feel Strange and that success one day Christ will come back, and he comes to take his own he comes to make his kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. that's what we pray. but that is our hope. But here is the final here is a short summary of where we've been so far. Peter tells us to keep away from the world because we have a calling. In this calling, we have a new identity. We wear the robe of Christ. This is not the world's clothing. We start having new desires, new cravings, new desires that are not that the world does not understand. But also, we have a new hope. The hope that it is not just for today, but that tomorrow Christ will be the Lord and Master of this land. And we will be with him. And that hope is also for today, where we see that today, if I cry today, when I go through troubles today, when I go through feeling absolutely confused and worried that nothing is happening in the way that I wish to do for the Lord, the Lord says, remember, I have called you and I will keep you to the end. I will make my will and I will make you my witnesses. He is so much invested in us than we are invested in him. He is so much for us than we ever had and ever can be for him. So that is all. I pray that you know you. When we go through these troubles, when we go through. Painful nights, when we go through feeling of depression or sadness or hatred or trouble, wondering what is next. We remember, even before we knew God, God knew us and God loved us. And that is our joy and that is the hope we live for. Amen.